This is Dollars and Sensibility with Tom Stone. And we're gonna talk about what you really want. And at the end of the day, how to get what you really want is to understand money. Guild Mortgage, NMLS number 3274, Tom Stone, NMLS number 257849. The information contained in these podcasts are for educational purposes only and do not necessarily express the opinions of Guild Mortgage. Welcome to another episode of Dollars and Sensibility. Um, lucky for me, Brioche McPhee has decided to join me today. Thank you for joining, Brie. You are so welcome. Uh, what a welcome addition inside. It's been about a week or so. I know. I took a little sabbatical. Got sick again. <laughs> or I got sick again. <laughs> <laughs> same, same thing. I'm glad, glad to have you back. <laughs> glad to have you back. I do have to say, I just came from a closing and they said, how's, how's Brie doing with her foot? Because you <laughs> broke your foot and uh, really badly. And I did give you a compliment, by the way. Oh, did you? I said, the one thing that's a magical about Brie is that she's had a, a laundry list of different things from sicknesses to broken foots to your mother's health and some other variables. But you do bring a positive attitude every day. And okay, you, you can actually have a smile about it. And <clears throat> not many people can say that. So credit to you. Thank you very much. Well, I appreciate that. So Today, I want to talk about the Federal Reserve. Now, before we shut this podcast down, people go, oh, brother. <laughs> this, this is an exciting topic because right it's, now. well, it affects every single industry, affects every single thing that you spend at the grocery store. Right. It affects houses, cars, bread, hamburgers, everything, gas, um, everything, everything, everything. And so to understand what's going on with the Federal Reserve and why the economy is where it's at, and I, I hear so many people saying, you know, oh, those, I don't like the president of the United States because of what's happening. And there's probably some value to that, but not all. And, and in right. fact, it's, it's what is the Federal Reserve deciding to do with the market? And so I've, I've, I've known enough about it, but I've also researched some so that we can sound really smart on this podcast, but also give some views. I want to give some right. thoughts and, and, you know, we have our view from the real estate portfolio idea. Our idea is that we help people gain personal wealth through real estate. That's what we do. That's how we help people buy their first house and their next house. And right now, what the, Fed, the Federal Reserve has done has caused an issue with that. They've, they've caused some things where it's obviously rates have gone up and it's just harder to buy other people's concerns because they hear the word recession, those kinds of things. So let's start with simply the question, what is or who is the Federal Reserve? And the Federal Reserve is 12 very large banks. In fact, I was just in a city, uh, St. Louis, where I drove past a Federal Reserve. There isn't necessarily a the, there's a main, but there's 12 of them. And when you think about it, just so you know, if it's in your mind that it's a something story building, I think it was like 10 story building and it was all gray granite with no personality at all. And it so was, it was like, a government building. yeah, it was an entire city block. <laughs> so it was a government building. It was a government building. That was, I'm, oh, there's the federal reserve. And it's like, screamed government. yeah, yeah. And, and, and you, have to have, you have to have little, you know, tags get in and out. I didn't go in there. I just drove past them. So, oh, hey, there's a federal reserve. That's, that's what's happening. And there's 12 of them where they basically come together in a meeting and there are people that are in charge. There's a person and a seven member, I'm going to call it a committee that run the show basically with right now Jay or Jerome Powell is in charge of it. He's appointed by the president and then the Senate says yay or nay at a certain vote. So 
how does that affect our hamburger prices? How does that affect things? Well, just a little history lesson first. If I just get some information, in 19, let's see, I looked it up, 1907, there was a huge financial problem. And so the government said, we got to do something about this. And in 1913, they actually created the Federal Reserve. And the whole reason for it was we have to protect a run on the bank. And a run on the bank is where people get so nervous, they go and pull their money out. Right. If you pull your money out of the system, then there's no money to lend. There's no money to have the economy work. It crashes. I remember hearing that term a lot around 2008. Yep. There's going to be a run on the there's bank. There's a run on the bank. Yeah. Yeah. And it did take yeah. banks down. Oh, it did. G Absolutely. Gigantic banks overnight. Yeah. When you hear when you hear the name Goldman Sachs, basically overnight going crash and burn. Right. Uh, on top of a small one, I remember a small one here in Utah, uh, Barnes Bank actually was. You know, some they said some of the old farmers had you know kept their money there for years and years and years, and that particular bank at that time, at least in the news, you know, it was like we're shutting our doors, we can't do it. And I don't know what happened, but there was farmers that said, "Hey, my money, I'll never get it back." Right. I don't know if that's what happened. I, right. That's what I was told. And so I don't know the final, but those are the concerns, right? So around the bank means, oh goodness, even my savings might be gone. And so then it makes everyone panic. Of course. And so the idea is that the Federal Reserve came in and said, we can't have a run of the bank. We can't have a panic. So when the Federal Reserve was created, what was that during? 1913. So what, but what was going on in the economy at that point? They just called it a Great Depression. Right. Uh, I don't know the act details of that. Obviously, following that, it was in the 20s when they did have the Great Depression, and they did blame the run on the banks right. as the reason that it truly went down that road that, at that time. So all of that was kind of inner... I think it was a precursor. Time. I think right. it was a precursor. Obviously, there was still still a young country, right? Of course. And we're trying to figure out all, all of our steps, but that was the main reason that we did it, and it's grown from there to be what it is today. They say that... There's three reasons, uh, obviously a run of the bank is the main one, but the three things they look at are to maximize employment, stabilize prices, and moderate long-term interest rates. So in this conversation, I want to make sure we continue to have that in the top of our mind. Maximize employment, stabilize prices, and moderate long-term interest rates. Okay, so that's that's their purpose. Now, let's see, one more little information here. Uh, last year or 2021, they, they netted $100 billion in income and they gave, I think it was 97 billion of it to the federal reserve back to the, the government, okay. the rest of it probably for operating costs. So right. it's, it is a, it makes money, but it gives it right back to the system. Another fun little, um, tidbit is that the person who's in charge, these, these head honchos, they are, they're paid at least as of, uh, 2021, $226,000 a year to do the job. Interesting. Just some side notes and yeah. whether or not it's changed or not, but that's what I, I found on Wikipedia, looking up these things. So all of that, here's my setup. Here's the real <laughs> conversation. Hey, here's some, hear here's some, you know, some background and some things that are important. I'm going to go back to these three things, maximize employment, stabilize prices, moderate long-term interest rates. And right below that, I was reading and studying that, they basically have a, a dual purpose and the dual purpose is to maximize employment and stabilize prices. And then I kept reading. I'm like, so where's it talking about moderating long-term interest rates? Didn't talk about it again. Interesting. You want to take a guess why that might be? And that's for you and anyone who's listening. To moderate why that isn't brought up again mm -hmm. because it isn't constantly something that's 
monitored as closely as the employment and stabilizing prices. Thank you for setting that up. Let me give you my little, little bit of a soapbox here now. Okay. Okay. A little soapbox. I'm going to probably shed into opinion a little bit here, but make that clarification. But I do believe it's factual based on facts as well. So I've been in the industry almost 30 years. I'm in my 29th year. Been there, done that ish, at least in the last 30 years. I lasted through the 2008 to 2012 ish, whatever it was. Um, great recession, they're calling that. Right. So there was a great depression. That was a great recession. So anybody who went through the mortgage industry uh, specifically for that time has, you know, some war wounds to Absolutely. to to discuss and talk about and say, I've been through that. Those of us that were in it, we remember. Didn't just hear about it, went through it, you know. I can remember the day. So in 2008, the mortgage industry, specifically the real estate industry, was blamed for the crash. Right. But I was so interested that as as we get reports on a daily basis of what the market's doing, we we see you know gross domestic product and consumer price index, unemployment, and the variety of all these uh, other many many reports that say inflation. inflation reports, all these things. You know, hey, here's what the market's doing. Right. Here's what the bond market's doing. Here's what the stock market's doing. And we watch that because it affects our interest rate. It affects our market. Absolutely. Right. But there were some reports that would come along. Again, this is pre-2008 uh, in my earlier career. That would be housing starts. Um, how many houses sold? All these little re real estate pieces. And they had almost no effect. They were like, oh, that's nice. But they wouldn't really put any benefit to it. Any real backing to say that's important. Right. Then all of a sudden overnight the entire industry collapses, the entire economy collapses because the real estate industry was doing too much speculative lending, building and other variations. And all the fingers pointed to the real estate world and saying, man, you guys had, you know, B paper, they called it, where people were doing loans that weren't right. uh, up and up. They were stated income, stated asset. So you really didn't even document it. You just said the income as long as you had a certain credit score. So in some respects, they're saying they were lending to everybody. Right. And I was part of that, meaning that I was in it. I avoided the negative amortization loans. I do not feel that I was participating in the problem, but certainly was in uh, giving loan on state income status because that's what you did. That's what yeah, you did. Yeah, those options were available. That's mm -hmm. how they were set up. That's how the guidelines were. There was a point in that era, in that time, where someone who was a server at a restaurant was claiming something around $125,000, and he was 22 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to qualify for this particular home that somebody, something has set them up. And it was like, I didn't do that loan. Right. But that was the kind of stuff that was happening. And that was a, a lead into the crash and burn. And it was my industry and myself that said, man, this real estate thing is way more important than has been led up to as far as these reports and what's going on, at least to date, especially now that all the fingers are saying, you dirty, rotten real estate people have put us in this position. Right. I just thought that was so interesting. So I thought, hey, we learned our lesson. And and if I may, here's my, I'm still in the soapbox, by the way. <laughs> okay. I'm still on it. Still on there. And I sit here and watch this right now where, so we're going into, it's been, I don't know, it's been at least 12 months since we've been having things put into our interest rates that have inflated interest rates or raised cost to second homes, Correct. to investment properties, to what we call high balance. High balance is loan amounts above conforming. So let's just call it between... Five hundred a million dollars. So the LLPA's loan level price adjustments. Yep, the loan level price adjustments, where you have a base interest rate, and then they add these extra fees onto it if they think there's layering of risk. Correct. 
and they've always had those on investment properties. They had none on second homes. Yeah. They had, in fact, there was a point where high balance loans were actually a better interest rate yeah. than conforming yeah. at a certain point. So we've kind of gone through the gamut here, but we've been going on over a year now where my second homes and my rental properties and my high balances, and then it's lend itself now into even the conforming loan amounts, which is the average normal plain Jane loans are now way higher priced. Right. And those are just the loan level price adjustments. But now we add to that, the market itself has increased rates, yes. right? Yeah. So it isn't so much that the rates are higher, it's that the fees are higher, right? And all of that has, and then you start hearing the word recession and they're saying, uh-oh. So what I'm hearing from the government, and again, this is just, you know, I live in, in Wasatch County, Utah. You know, <laughs> I keep saying, I wish I got a phone call with these people because I got something to say. <laughs> I'll use this little platform to say it. Do you guys remember 2008? Do you remember what happened to the economy and what you blamed. And I'm not saying it was all the fault, but it was a huge piece of the economy. How important it, it was. couldn't, it, it, it took the entire place down. Right. The fact that you have now strangled the real estate uh, market to a point that you're trying to slow it down. I understand what you're doing. I understand that you're worried about inflation, but what's happened immediately was the real estate world went, hurt. I mean, yeah. overnight, you know, everyone stopped and jumped to the sidelines. There's no tapping the brakes. Like they kept saying that was the, that the, was the term they, the Fed kept on mm -hmm. saying, we're just going to tap the brakes a little bit, but it was more of a yeah. screeching halt. Screeching absolute halt. No one just listened to the people that are the presidents and the leaders of our company today saying, you know, this is unprecedented yeah. yet again, yeah. <laughs> you know, unprecedented. And what we're hearing, the messaging is, we got we to gotta do anything we can to stop this inflation. Right. Well, here's the problem or concern. So they're trying to make things more expensive. That's, you know, by, by doing this, slowing things down. But the demand is still there. Yes, it is. Everyone went to the sidelines. Mm -hmm. People still, people still want to buy their first house and their next house. And so right now we're talking about the demand on houses specifically. Right? Only right so, now. Yeah, yeah. Yes. The demand on houses is still there and yes. we see that we have a pipeline full of people that want to purchase right now yep but for one reason or another they're you know scared they're hearing recession mm -hmm. they're hearing inflation they're hearing all of these things so yeah the housing market is just so so let me take that so make sure i make sense with this comment you're saying that in the other sectors call it you know food and and, and traffic and, and I was going to say traffic. <laughs> Is the new sector now? <laughs> I don't think that was one of the ones they were talking about regulating. Yeah. Anytime I have a little slight mistake, Bree just <laughs> jumps on it. You know, there's, if anyone ever worries about my humility, believe me, humble. the ladies here just make sure I'm in, in, in a good spot. But I was going to say, instead of traffic, I'll say transportation. <clears throat> there we go. Transportation. Instead of that. So the transportation costs, everything inflates everything, and it's slowly coming back down. Well, all the while, while it's slowly coming back down, we're sitting here in the in the real estate world with with a screeching halt, right? And a, and a screeching, not going anywhere yet, not right? going anywhere yet, and still being five million units short. Yeah, and in in two thousand nineteen, I heard that number was three million short. Right now, we're five million units right. short. This is the biggest group of first time home buyers, the millennials, into the market ever. So it's like pent up. Yeah, so we're we just, creating we a pent a up. Mm -hmm. We have a huge, huge backlog. Yep. We don't have enough inventory and everybody's just sitting because they're so scared. Yep. Right. 
and so my my again, let me finish this thought. Maybe I'm taking too much time here, but so so I saw how important real estate was to the economy in 2008. On the flip side, it took it down. Yes. If we're not going to give value to the fact of how important real estate is, how important it is for a person to buy their first home, have ownership, right. and have people access to the equity in their home, whether or not it's a cash out refinance for personal reasons, business reasons, business uh, commercial loans, all the variables that go into lending, it's just on a screeching halt. To me, that's not healthy. Now, again, I've read all the news and they're like, well, we got to do what we got to do. And sometimes you pay a price on one side to stop another. See, that's yeah. what I keep hearing when I read is that, hey, I know this is hurting over here, but we got to make sure it happens over here. Let me go back to the three purposes they have. Maximize employment, stabilize prices, moderate long-term interest rates. I think they've totally forgotten about the long-term interest rates because there's I can't find anything that they talk about that. Right. And really, they don't really have that effect on long-term interest rates. Usually, I'll be honest with you, when they raise this Fed funds rate, when they raise these these interest rates for the banks, it usually makes my long-term rates go down. Right. Yeah. So this is an opposite situation. So I guess that's my complaint. But now let's kind of understand it. Okay. So what am I trying to say? Well, I'm trying to say, first of all, this is not a real recession. And again, that means that, you know, people literally are losing their jobs. There is no demand. We have no economy. How do we get out of this hole? Yeah, because right now, I mean, really, they're trying to, you know, bring down almost, I guess, max out unemployment, not max it out. That's not the right terminology. Mm -hmm. But they're trying to, you know, when the when the employment numbers come out, they're actually wanting them to be lower. Yeah. So really, the only thing that they're trying to do is stabilize the inflation at this point. In time. And, and, and yeah. So it's really kind of gotten rid of you know maxing out the unemployment and then moderating long term interest rates. Like those are just kind of out the window. It's really singularly focused right now, mm -hmm. hoping that that'll kind of trickle. And, and again, I've read a bunch of things, and they do. You know, there are the complainers. There's always one side or the other. By the way, I don't believe any one person that we're talking about is out to get the economy. I right. don't believe anyone is a horrible human being. No. Uh, but there are these very large decisions to make that affect, you know, 300 million plus people, well, global actually, yeah. as we lead the, lead the world in so many areas that do have these effects. Mm -hmm. And just for us folks, we're just normal folk in little town, Utah, you know, population 30,000 plus, and, uh, and it's affecting everyone in America. But I think we need to separate the fact that you're trying to slow down corn and gasoline and groceries right. from real estate, long-term investment. With that said, I don't think a healthy rate was 2 or 3%. No, I'm not that, saying that. And that was totally artificial too, though. That was completely artificial because they had, were going out buying right. mortgage-backed securities. Yeah, we've had artificial interest rates for, what, three, two and a half, three years now? 20. 2021, 20, 22, well, half of 22. Yeah, let's call yeah, it three years, majority three years. of three. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was artificial when it was down in the twos, mm -hmm. which obviously was, you know, great for a lot of people that were able to get into that, but it wasn't, it wasn't real. Just like this, you know, 6% that we've been at, six, mm -hmm. seven ish percent, isn't real. None of this is real. This is all just, you know, either turning on the switch or turning off the switch and completely 
either inflating or deflating it mm -hmm. to try to control what's going on. And, and again, COVID came along. What do we do? And you take extreme yeah, measures, right? Unprecedented. We have a lot of unprecedented. We've had like three or four unprecedented in the row. Right. Did I say that right, by the way? Yes. And it literally is. It's like, so instead of going back and say, well, historically speaking, I haven't oh, heard that for a long time. I have not heard that for years. I used to hear that all the time. Well, historically speaking, yeah, and, you know, so when the, the people say, when a Republican or Democrat gets into office, what happens? And I'm like, well, I have no idea anymore. Yeah. It, there's you just nothing. <laughs> There's nothing. All that stuff is like, I don't know, maybe that happened Everybody in the 80s. Just sit back and watch while I'll get popcorn. So here's what we're going to do. When <laughs> junior, we go, junior mints. <laughs> junior mints. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do when we go into 23, because mm -hmm. we're a week and a half out, right? Yep. We're just going to walk in slow. Mm -hmm. We're not going to make eye contact with anybody mm -hmm. and just, just going real slow and unassuming. And then maybe things will calm down for a little bit for everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No more unprecedented. For yeah. Let's, let's not go so low and so high, which obviously what they're saying is we're going to keep this high. Right. Right. I, I did hear something from a very smart man that was part of the Mortgage Bankers Association just last week that mentioned that he thinks rates will somewhere end up in the five range by the end of the year. Yes. I think we should talk about rates in that too. That's a healthy interest rate. That's actually the average interest rate or around the average interest rate if you go over you mm -hmm. know, a long, long period of time. And again, for those people that say, you know, sales pitching or whatever. I'm just telling you, when you have a market that is so low, like 2%, there's no money to be made on the one side. Right. You got to find that balance. To me, if I could, if I was, you know, choosing, I'd say 4%. I yeah. love 4% because it's still affordable. You can do all sorts of fun things as far as debt to income ratio, those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. But if it was 4 to 5%, there's still profit margins on the investor side for them to invest into other products and other things. Um, the other thing about interest rates people understand is that right now we've only had fixed rates for quite a long time because yeah. when rates are so low and it's a fixed rate, adjustable rates and the balloons and those products just aren't anything interest only. They're just, there's no reason to do them. Right. But when you get into five, six, seven, eight percent, which, you know, we're in the, we've been in the sixes, touching the sevens the last little while, five, six, sevens, depending. Usually what happens is the investors come along and say, well, let's do a hybrid arm. Five one five slash one seven slash one ten one arm, where the rate is still an amortized thirty year loan. It's fixed for that five seven or ten years of the thirty years, and then it turns into usually a six month or a one month adjustable. Right. So every anniversary six month or or year after that three five or seven year fixed period of time, it changes. Most people choose those when you when you sit down to the client. You, you explain why why would someone choose a seven one arm over a fixed rate they're really really good products um you know when we have them available perfect example would be somebody that is um going to be in a location for a shorter period of time you know mm -hmm. they're planning mm -hmm. on being there for you know two three four years mm -hmm. um and then they're going to be moving they want to sell that home um somebody else might be you know you know an investor where they want to take advantage of that of that lower interest rate in the interim and then they have the opportunity to refinance into something mm -hmm. else later on down the road. Um, there's lots of different ways. To I, I would, I would add, product. well, I would add too, that as I've looked at it over my career, every three years, people have a reason to refinance yeah. <laughs> Very true. either personal reason or market reason, meaning that, Hey, I've, I shouldn't say always refinance either. They sell their house right, or they refinance by either a lower rate, a lower term or pulling cash out for home improvement debt consolidation or investing in their business. Right. And that usually happens every three years. Yeah.
And so if you really have that mentality, if you only do a fixed rate and you jump on that and keep adjusting, adjusting for rate, you might end up with a whole lot of closing costs on your yes. loan. Yeah. Right. Versus, hey, even if you follow the adjustable rates over time, that's actually going to be the lower interest rate because you'll follow the curve. Right. Without refinancing. I'm not saying that adjustables are the way to go. But, but that's the, why some people do it. Tool, My brother tool. did that. Yeah. He did a 10-1 arm, lived in his house almost 17 years. And the last seven years, he just floated the adjustable and he he lived below the market, which was two and three <laughs> percent. Even yeah. lower than the fixed rates, you yeah. know. And he's like, Man, that was a really good idea. I'm glad I did that. I'm so <laughs> yeah. smart. You look back, I'm like, man, I was smart. Yeah. You know, what he, it does is when we get back to, you know, that normal, that, you know, five-ish percent, wherever, wherever we're going to land, it brings back more products like that. It's a healthier economy. It's mm -hmm. a healthier, you know, the mortgage industry is healthier. There's just more options. That's what I'm looking for. And again, we do not have these products right now. No. These ARM products didn't happen. And what's happening right now is all the investors, meaning all the big banks, including Guild Mortgage, are saying we're scared of people refinancing. We're scared of it. In a short period of time. Yeah, within six to 12 months. Right. And the reason they say the word scared is because a mortgage is always an investment. You don't make money, an investor doesn't make, or a bank doesn't make money on a mortgage for six to you know 12 months because they have to pay out employees and yeah. costs to yeah. get that loan in place. So there is some sort of uh, recouping of their costs before they make a profit. So if someone does a loan and refinances three months later, that's a total loss. Well, a, a negative, I don't know if it's a total loss, but it's a negative on, on the books. And why would you do a loan if you're going to lose money, right? right? So they're nervous about it. So that's why the rates are higher, number one. And number two, almost all of our rates have what we call discount points. Yep. So it costs more to get money right now because they're saying, all right, we have to charge more, get money up front instead of down the road because we're nervous about refinancing. Yeah, because we need to make sure that we're covering mm -hmm. our costs and that we're not going to be mm -hmm. reeling from this six months down the road. It's also why they're not saying, hey, let's do ARM products, let's do balloon products, let's do interest-only products and other variations because they all think this is going to change. Right. So if you do that product and they refinance again, and so, and, and again, there just has to be a, a created a market created for it. So if you settle into, let's say, a 5% loan or rate market, let's just say 5 or so percent, 5.5%, for example, and it settles. It's like, okay, this is where we're at. We're happy on one side or the other of the economy. This is kind of where we settle for long-term Interest rates, it feels like using the word moderate, their long-term rates are moderated. Say it's 5%. Then these other products can come along. And I can do a 3, 5, 7, 10, 1 arm, balloon product, other variables like this, and get my rate a half percent, three quarter percent, maybe even a full percent lower for that period of time. So if yes. it's five and a half, I might be four and three quarters. Yes. So I'm like, oh, that's, you know, my price, my payment's down. I qualify for more under certain circumstances. It gives me more buying power. I'm cool. And of course, you can refinance anytime. Yes. So well, we don't have, uh, just more I haven't done a loan with a prepayment penalty since 1998 or something like that. And in your yeah. industry, you never, in your never career, had. never, huh? No. We used to have a couple here and there, but not yeah. anymore. No. So I just want to make, am I making myself clear? Meaning yeah. my, my message is this, you know, who is the Federal Reserve? There's, there's pages and pages to learn about it. But it's long story short, we can't have a run in the banks. That's their main thing. They are focused, very, very focused right now on maximizing employment. Now, keep in mind, that's a negative too. So they have maximized employment to the point that we have too low of unemployment. Right. Right. So now we can't find jobs. Sorry, yeah. I just said that wrong. We can't find people to fill the jobs. Correct. And it's caused prices to go up. Correct. In fact, that I was listening to a national radio station about this, and they were making, making a very good point. They said, 
we have to be careful with this employment thing as we're trying to drive unemployment up. He said, or she said, I should say, that let's take the automobile industry for an example. Mm-hmm. She, she said, if we have less people making cars, then the prices actually go up Yeah, because of yeah. supply and demand. Yeah. And she also said, we have to realize that if you lose one person in the automotive industry, and she gave, she cited 11 other jobs are affected. And she didn't say who they were, but I started thinking about it. Obviously, any auto mechanic, yeah. any dealership, yes. car insurance, rental yeah. agency. Uh, what about uh, people who were trying to buy trucks? And they have, yeah. they have fleets. They have fleets of things they have to do, delivery trucks versus construction. So it's a huge trickle down. And if you don't have vehicles, you don't have people doing that. So truly saying, you know, unemployment, we need to get it down. So we're trying to find a happy medium. I know what they're doing, but maximizing employment is finding a, a happy sweet spot. Yes. Right. Stabilizing prices. I think they're focused hard on that one right now where they're saying it doesn't matter what we have to do. We have to get these prices down. Right. But all the while here, it sits over here, moderate long-term interest rates. And that's just, they don't, yeah, it's just not, <laughs> to me, it seems like, you know, they're focused on the first two and this one is kind of like, well, yeah. good luck guys. Hope it works out for you. Yeah. And to me, from my 2008 experience to 2012 experience, if that took down the whole economy, we should focus more on that with the same mentality of don't take us to zero like you have. You know, our numbers have gone dramatically down. Our whole co- our company in the countries yeah. are just dramatically. The mortgage industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the problem isn't that there's the problem is there's not enough houses. It's supply and demand. Same concept. Yeah. So how Which do we we're going to have for years with 5 million units short yeah. with more people coming in. Right. And so, and then there's this, and no one's moving right now. Yeah. So once they start moving, they start moving all at the same time. Are there more houses? Nope. <laughs> we are still, I mean, it's slowly, slowly, slowly catching up. We're this is there. why, you know, and again, I posted this on social media and I made me smile. I didn't know about it. Someone said, you know, I said, Hey, you know, I'd probably really consider buying right now. Yeah. This is a time that I would really focus on getting a house then you can get a better deal prices have come down and someone's got to move Absolutely. someone said you know who's this jokester you know <laughs> trying to get business and it's not that yeah. is that what happens is everyone's on the sidelines this is not a true real oh my goodness i can't afford to buy a house it's like should i i'm gonna wait i'm just waiting to see what happens everybody's scared that unknown that uncertainty mm-hmm. yeah and and the constant conversation with the federal reserve is is simply Man, you know, his accusers or their accusers, I should say. I mean, Mr. Powell is the one that gets blamed because he's the head of it. Yes. That you were too hard and fast giving away money during COVID. Now you're being too hard and fast on this. By the way, these increases where they raise it three quarters, three quarters, three quarters, three quarters, and then a half, they said is the most since ever. Yeah. 1984 was the last time it was this fast, this increase, this much. And now we've way surpassed that. Oh, yeah. So the last thing I, last time I checked, whenever I'm analyzing myself and I say, Hey Tom, whenever you go extreme, there's an extreme ripple on the other side too. Yes. So yeah. COVID went one side. Now we're going the other. You can't help but have it go back again. Yeah. And I feel like by the time you actually see the numbers correlating with what you want, it's already, it's a snowball effect at that point. Mm-hmm. So it's still going to go far past that. So, so let me, so I've done a lot of complaining. I've done a lot of, um, soapboxing. Let me get my solution. Okay. May Let's I? Hear it. Yeah. You know, if Mr. Powell wants to give me a ring, I'm happy to chat. I'm happy to chat. Anybody? I'm <laughs> happy to. Fix all the problems. Yeah, it's pretty simple here. <laughs> we got this. It's pretty simple. Yeah. It's not going to be an overnight solution, mm-hmm. but focus on the housing industry. Yeah. 
focus on the housing industry. So there's, there's emotional and financial solutions to that. You and I have both seen, this is one of those that's like, Tom, this isn't going to work on the government level. And I know that, Yeah. but I don't know if it's most important, but this is something critical. When somebody buys their house, instead of renting, especially if they've done it for a long time, life stabilizes. It does. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm using and borrowing that word. When you own your own place, it's different. Life's different. Mm-hmm. You've secured. This is where people start making decisions of planting, yeah. having a family, all these variables that are truly core to a, to a society. Building their wealth in other ways, mm-hmm. investing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then they truly have an assets that asset asset. <laughs> careful there, Tom, an asset that is growing for them yeah. instead of just taking from them. Yeah. So how do you do that? Focus in education on construction. Yeah. On real estate, giving incentives to people with land and developers. Yeah. There's still this little thing and you know, well, those, those rich son of a guns that, you know, just come in and rape our land and those kind of things. It, it, it's a two edged sword. You know, in our Valley, we have, you know, these conservationists that are really concerned about open space. My family being one of them. Right. Of course we love the open space. Of we course. love that. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but just realize that if you want open space and you want to leave it the way it is and never change, housing prices are going to be higher. Housing prices are going to be higher, supply and demand. Yeah. You're going to have this problem. So if you're okay in your house and you can look out your backfield and you're happy, that's cool. There'll just be a handful of people that are going to have to move or are going to have to not buy or other yeah. variables. Yeah. I would encourage the construction industry, the real estate industry, particularly, well, I'll go back to construction. That kids these days, you want to use that phrase. <laughs> it is such a, I want to make this industry something that is admirable. And I think it is in our valley. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, there's still, oh, you're not a college graduate or you have to have a college degree. Well, you certainly can get that in, in construction management, of course. Mm-hmm. But start building some houses. Yeah. And, you know, even the affordable housing solutions, you bet. I think there should be even better than let's build, you know, apartment buildings. Those are fine. That's okay. But true houses, you know, that maybe you don't have as big a lots, those kind of things. Yeah. And making it easier to do that and, and make it positive. Is this is this a solution tomorrow? The solution tomorrow is to influence and allow long-term interest rates to be around 5%. Yep. If I can get 4.99 and then it settles the market and you can give me some ARM products, yeah. some hybrid ARM products. More options. Mm-hmm. So that was a long-term solution that we start building more. And we encourage it. In fact, we've gone to many of them that says, hey, this manufactured home, you can build a home in a factory and deliver it. And it has these really cute angles and it's more attractive. Yeah. You know, they keep trying to go down that road. Let's really put some money and fuse into that so that people can have this 90-day house built, come on a trailer, put into, put on a piece of ground that you own it. It's a house that you're proud of. It looks good. It's not so much. Sometimes they don't look as pretty right. and they're not it's as not desirable. It's not a bad house. It's yeah. just sometimes they're not as pretty. That uh, those are some of the solutions that we can just look at. The how what I'm saying is the housing industry is so massively critical. Certainly, I'm in it, so I'm a little bit biased. I see it from one lens, but that 2008 thing just opened up, you know, the spyglass, the binoculars, saying, right. "Wow, right. we continue to not be given the value, but it took down the entire economy." And I'm telling you, it can bring it back. <laughs> Yes. Really fast. Yeah. By shutting it down to zero, like it has, this will be a ripple effect back the other side as the tidal wave goes back the other way. Yeah. You want to settle this thing. Sure. You want to settle down inflation. I understand that. But the fact that you don't care or that it's it's like, well, it's just one of the things we have to suffer through. 
I think it's going to have a huge tidal wave effect as we go into 2023. Again, we're hoping that Q2, April, May, right. that we'll start seeing some improvement, some, you know, people softening, feeling a little bit more confident mm -hmm. in their rat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So but we're kind of on a pendulum of extremes yep. right now. Yep. Yeah. So, so I guess if I was to kind of nutshell this thing or bring it down into a thing, I do believe a solution might even be the solution to this settling. In other words, you know, it's gone so one way with the COVID, the PPP money, the don't pay your mortgage, don't pay your rent, or you don't have to, you don't have to pay your student loans and here's some money for your business because COVID was so scary, yes. right? And that infused all this money into the economy and it, it really, it, you know, just supercharged it, supercharged it and actually made the divide even bigger. Right. Someone who was poor and someone who became rich, right? There's all of a sudden this money to throw around that people got all of a sudden, and some people didn't, right? So bigger thing, it comes back over here. Now it's causing, you know, hiring freezes and some concerns, and we're not going to buy houses. And then yeah. it's going to just be this boom again. Yeah. Where they're going to come as fast as they can and hard to make these things happen. And, and I think if you really focus on this third thing, moderating long-term interest rates, which is mostly to housing. Correct. You know, and, and investing for the long term in stocks and bonds, too. Yeah. We can throw that. But since we do real estate, we're going to talk about that. I think that is the solution for us to settle this thing, to settle this thing. It got out of whack in 2006, 7, 8 we, yeah. because they went too far one way. I say it can be a settling effect on the other way. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. My too so boxy? <laughs> I'll, I'll let the viewers decide that. or the <laughs> listeners, the listeners can decide that. But I, I do think that we're, you know, we're in a little bit of a, we're in a correction period right now. I think that it got a little bit crazy there for a while. So I think that we needed that little bit of correction. I we do need a correction way too far <laughs> to one side. Um, but, you know, I think we're going to be back sooner rather than later and i do think that it'll come back very very hard when it if, does if the federal reserve was listening to this podcast which i'm sure they will i'm sure they'll I'm say sure we gotta we gotta listen to that guy yeah, they've already downloaded it yeah i'm sure of it of course. they're gonna say this guy doesn't understand all the ins and outs which i believe that's true yeah. by the way yeah. i don't discount that because i've been on the other side where it's like okay that person sees one side and there's yeah. more to it but i do offer that this one side is not being noticed enough it's Very not been given a value idea. enough. If you let this real estate thing go for another six months or a year or a year and a half, which I don't believe it will, but if they were just, you know, cranking the rates up to eight, nine, 10%, yeah. I think there would be some real repercussions. Oh, absolutely. Uh, not, you know, as they're trying to settle everything else down. So the federal reserve just is, is somebody that we want to notice. We want to be aware of. We want to hear from, we want to make sure that we understand all the variables. I, again, I would research this. I wouldn't just sit and complain. I would be someone that says, I know what's happening in the market. Yeah. I know why this is going on. And by the way, if you understand this, I would recommend, and I believe my friends who do are buying houses right now. Oh yeah. 100%. They're buying houses right now. Yeah. Because the market has come down, you know, again, you're big numbers for less. Mm -hmm. Interest rate might be higher, but you're going to dump that. You can change the rate as Absolutely. soon as the market changes. You cannot change what you purchased the home for. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So there you go. How you, does that feel okay? Yeah, that feels good. I like that one. Okay. I like, hearing, I like hearing about it. We hope you guys do too. And if you have any questions that you want us to cover, you want us to research and bring up, please let us know and talk next time. This is Dollars and Sensibility, and I'm Tom Stone. Thank you for listening, and thanks for getting real with me. So next step is to answer your questions. Come see me, Guild Mortgage, 
435-654-9979 or goapplastom.com.